So can we let the listeners know just how hopelessly inept you are? <laughs> so, so I just thought they know that by now, really. No, but, but, but they may, as I am, be surprised. In fact, <laughs> so I, I literally was Zooming myself and text Nick to say, hey, you know, mm. I'm, I'm ready when you are. To which I get a text back responding, oh, I forgot I haven't read the running order. Yes. <laughs> now, before I get angry, let's just have a moment of compassion. OK, that's over. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing life's a little chaotic. I don't want to talk about it now. I'll talk about it after the intro music. OK. All right. It's that bad. Shall I do it? Well, what episode is it? It's episode 121. Hey, everyone. Welcome to it as well. I'm Joe Davis and I'm here as ever with the hopelessly inept Nick Page. Hello. Thank you. So the thing is, um, I've I've got a book dead, as as, uh, listeners will know. And uh, so I'm working up till sort of midnight most, most no, days at the moment. No, yeah. no, no. And from no. about six o'clock in the morning. And and you'd have thought, what what's slightly depressing about it is you'd have thought after however many years, I can't even remember when my first book came out, sometime think, in the early 90s. Yeah, I think it was 60 you know, years ago. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, so that's 30 years, really, of writing books. You really would have thought <laughs> that I would actually be better at managing the whole thing. <laughs> But it's I, like my faith, it's still rubbish. I am, I'm glad you're not, because it gives us so much comedy. Oh, I am being crushed so, by it. My, so, my editors, I have to say, in case they're, in case he's listening, my editor is lovely and Hodder are very understanding. And, if, and maybe, maybe after so many years, they, they have learned never to expect it. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty crushing. What happens is, you see, let me explain... Perhaps is you get a thing to a certain stage and you think it's okay, and then you start to do the final rework on it, and mm. you realise it's not okay. It's hopeless. It's rubbish, and it could oh. be better. And then you come up with ideas, and oh. really, what's your editor's name? Andy. Andy, if you need counselling, write to Joe <laughs> at midfaithcrisis.org. I'm here for yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, yes, yes. Well, anyway, I can only apologise, and no. I can only apologise to the listener because what this means is this this episode is going to be quite short because I don't have much time for editing. There's two long and, emails. Um, yeah, so at least it's got some content because I don't have any content. <laughs> now, listen, we all wish you well. And are you having a holiday? Next week. Oh. Next week I'm going to have a holiday and so that we won't do one next week, I don't think. Okay, no, I don't um, think we will. But, uh, yeah, so hope to get out and about Good. a bit, really. Now yeah. it's post-lockdown-ish. Well, yeah, post-lockdown. now there's no COVID anywhere. Now we're completely no... over it. Yeah, oh, right. right. We're, all, we're all better. Um, yeah, so I hope to get out a bit, really. Good. Well, if you can get yourself down to Nep Estate, go and watch the storks. They're amazing. I've been up there watching them. Oh, and I watched and I saw heard Nightjars again. I oh, sent yeah. you a recording. Well, let's put it in because it's an interesting sound. And uh, it will it will emphasise really what kind of person you are who just goes out and records this kind of thing. What you're listening to 
is a night jar. Amazing. We did have a little giggle, me and Dave, like, you know, in, to, to the effect of what what could be more natural and normal than two men leaving their wives at home and wandering out <laughs> to a car park in the middle of absolutely nowhere to listen to... I mean, you know. Well, it, I think there are quite a lot of people who do that. <laughs> yeah, that's they, a different, they, probably for different purposes. I think there are. But yeah, well, I think we'll, we'll skip the whole how are you because I think we know how you are. I'm fine, by mm. the way. Thanks for asking. Anyway, we're moving on. Uh, so, <laughs> How are you? <laughs> no, it's too late. I don't want to tell you. Okay. Right, <laughs> right Peter, he, he says this. Uh, hi, Peter, by the way. Uh, lovely email, as ever. He says, if you think Nick's explanation for his back injury is rather weak, you should hear how I sprained my ankle, ankle very severely last week and am now hobbling around on crutches. I was out picking elderflowers. Vicious things, elderflowers. <laughs> so... <laughs> Needless to say, if any other listeners have been harmed by flowers or soft fruit, mm. we'd love to hear. <laughs> yes, if you're affected by any of the issues raised in this, we have a helpline. Anyway, we go do. on, go on. Yeah, where Nick's editors and others can call me. <laughs> <laughs> can I throw something into your conversation about beliefs and action, please? It says, perhaps you've discussed it already and I missed it. Not paying attention. It's about different meanings of the word belief. He says, most of what I grew up with as Christian beliefs concerned intellectual assent. For example, agreeing to certain ideas and concepts about God. Sad to say, I got to meet many who held correct beliefs, yet led unloving, sometimes angry and untransformed lives. Uh, much of 20th century Christianity was about defending and promoting ideas about God. Perhaps that focus on Christian belief as an intellectual activity, which I think is becoming ever harder to sustain, is a reason why so many are now abandoning faith, or if not that, then at least having mid-faith crises. So there is belief, which is very different in nature, which is born out of what we might say is personal encounter or direct experience. This, I think, has more power to transform and impact action. And then he says, may I share a personal example that illustrates both forms of belief? Now, I like this. He says, I grew up to hold as true the idea that unless you were a Christian, you were going to hell. When I was 18 and took a gap year in Pakistan, however, I got to meet in person some profoundly thoughtful and loving Muslims and my direct experience of them changed my belief. I could not for the life of me believe these people who I was getting to know as friends were going to hell. So I guess on reflection, both forms of belief influenced my action. The first form of belief resulted in me wanting to convince others to evangelise and to prove my point. The second resulted in my getting interested in others, in listening and understanding them, and engaging as a fellow seeker. I'm guessing Nick will say we need both sorts of belief, head and heart. Fair enough, but given where we are in Western Christianity, I'd like to push for an increased emphasis on belief through direct encounter, through personal practice and through relationship. That feels like it might just bring about the kind of loving action that society so needs right now. It's good, isn't it? I think it is good. I, actually, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I do oh. think we need head and heart belief yeah. because I think I think that the intellectual side of it is very important. Actually, the intellectual side is also, also very fun. I read this quote by uh, Origen, the early church father, who was saying that kind of like, you know, the, the two kinds of practice, church practice and, and sort of theology kind of thinking. Mm. He, he viewed them as like, you know, the church thing, the doctrine is mm. like bread. You need that to sustain your body. But theology and that kind of discussion, he viewed as wine. 
you kind oh. of celebrate it and you entertain it and you drink it and mm. you know and i really like nice. that i thought that yeah, was um, really made it whole thing much more of an adventure really yeah yeah i like that but yeah. i do th- i do agree with him i think actually fundamentally given that we know you can't prove god and mm. and i think we can say that now because so many people have tried over the mm. years um mm. actually personal encounter is the only you know any way of of of, of Proving it to yourself in a way, you know, that's the yeah, only exactly. thing. You know, I, I can't, I can't say to people, "Here's how I'm going to tell you, here's how I'm going to prove God to you." I can only say how I've experienced His presence in my life. That's the only thing I have, and people either take that yeah. or, or they don't. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I, I know some people say, "Oh, um, I, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual," and and mm. I, I suppose I get to hear that probably more than most in 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 the line of work that I do. You know, no, we we're not religious, but we're very spiritual. People say that, and I I read a quote recently, and I can't quote it fully, I'm afraid, but it was words to the effect of, "Religion is to spirituality, what um, you know, schools are to education." So what they were saying is, you know, you can get by without them, but you'll keep reinventing the wheel if you mm. just want to go it alone. So it's really important to have these kind of faith traditions to earth you, to ground you, to teach you, to learn the stories, to get involved with. But that's not the be all and end all. That's that's the kind of foundation stones for then for you to grow through your personal experience, I guess. Well, they also give you a place, don't they? That's oh. the point. I mean, you know, oh, if you're yeah. talking about encountering God, I think many of us have have come from a, a, a sort of pattern where we we did encounter God as mm. as we felt in in celebrations in yeah, church yeah. in yeah, in yeah. those kinds of things at Spring Harvest at various other places. And I think part of the mid faith crisis is that you no longer encounter no. God in the same way. Though you got to go somewhere else. You sort of end up saying to the church, "It's not, it's not you, it's me." Yeah, yeah, which is in a way yeah. is true, but it but it's not to de- devalue the earlier experiences. It's just to say um, you always need something different. So, mm. um, I think that's one of the strengths is you 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 go to church in order to hopefully experience some mm. profound uh, mm. meeting with God. You know, that's that's the ideal anyway. Yeah. So it gives you a, a, a you know it gives you a fighting chance of that happening, just as sort of um, solitude and silence do later on, perhaps in your journey. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So we're just going to do one more email. And it's not it's it's quite a long one. So I think I might break it up because it falls into different bits. But the first bit I thought you'd like because it's a okay. bit of an encouragement, which I think you could do with my friend. Thank so. you very much. Encouragement and possibly drugs. Yes. Go on. <laughs> so this is from Kelly. <laughs> yes, quite possibly. <laughs> Who says this? Nick's book, The Badly Behaved Bible, is currently doing the rounds in my family. I'll have to buy another book, one for loaning and one for myself. Obviously, that's not the encouragement. Everyone should have their own copy. We all know that. (laughs) Um, And it says Christianity is at a pivotal point in history. And I think Nick's book is so significant. Instead of giving up on the Bible altogether, Nick inspired me to continue appreciating it and read it for enjoyment. If a prophet is someone who speaks with an inspired voice to an entire generation, encouraging them to turn to God, then Nick, you're a prophet. Now just just take a little moment. Take a little moment, Nick, to breathe that in. This is why you you get up at six, work till twelve. Mm. and never learn to do time basic time management <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah this is true i 
I I take that. Yes, I am a prophet. I sometimes wish it was spelt with an F in the middle. Uh, but, uh, that has not been vouchsafed to me. But thank you very much, Kelly. That's um, that's very that's really encouraging. Thank you. If you'd like to donate to a clapped out plus being <laughs> author, then send your donation via PayPal. <laughs> well, you can go to the website. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, anyway. comes to a, it comes to a clapped out has been old author and a clapped out has been old Baptist <laughs> yeah, exactly. minister as well. Useless. Who would want to support them? Anyway, may I move on? And then yes. she, so that was, you know, just unadulterated praise for you that's lovely thank you uh, uh, and then she says joe i have a few worries about church i'd like to talk to you about and if you don't mind and also maybe some of these questions could be put to other listeners if you think it's appropriate as i've said before i'm currently going to church and keeping my more liberal views to myself and my few close friends some days i feel like an optimistic atheist I'm one of the worship leaders at my church, and so I've really struggled with getting up there and affirming others in beliefs I don't necessarily share in the same way. However, it's getting harder and harder to keep going with this. I had a talk to my pastor about my beliefs on Christian universal salvation, and he said something to the effect of, as long as we agree on Jesus, everything is peripheral. However, I feel that this one difference reframes so many aspects of not just theology, but also how I practice my faith and the time types of conversations I have with other people. I'm worried that my two boys will grow up in a fundamentalist church that teaches them to feel guilty, to fear or be wary of entities that may not even exist, that teaches them to be ashamed of their bodies and that creates a sense of community based on us and them. I think it's time I made the hard decision to leave church but I don't know. If I leave church I do have friends I will continue to meet with and there's a group of musicians and their families that meet at an acquaintance's home to share our music and our faith every month or two. However, if I left church, my husband and I worried that boys might miss the chance to socialise with a wide variety of people from all demographics and socio-economic backgrounds. We miss the chance to learn how to get along with people who have differing points of view and to model that to our kids. In church life, I often hear pastors asking people not to leave because they've been offended or because they're in search of greener pastures. I have to wonder why you'd ever leave church, apart from those two reasons. <laughs> Which is a good point. It sounds very much like more guilt tripping to me. So I'd like to know other stories of when people knew it was time to leave their church and what it was like for them. I'd also love to hear some stories from people who thought they might leave but decided to stay and how that played out for them. So that's a fairly gutsy email from Kelly. I, I, we'll come back to the other question in a minute, but I, I just, you know, you can feel the sort of anguish, can't you, mm. in yes. that email of should I stay or should I go? I mean, reflecting on my own journey, I, I genuinely, you know, I was one of those people that said, you know what, stay come what may. You know, mm. I, I was of the view that a bit like um, football teams, you know, I am an AFC Wimbledon supporter and it's not the most glorious football club to support. I'd love to be a Liverpool supporter and I do very much enjoy watching them play. Um, but the thing, the deal with being a supporter is, you know, managers come and go and players come and go. But actually, it's the fans who remain and stay mm. loyal through thick and thin and cry and laugh and celebrate and you know, more cry than laugh and celebrate in my case. Um, <laughs> and and that's just how it goes. And so, so you know, I was one of those people that said, you know, I'm staying church. And, you know, I would have stayed in my last church. Yeah, if, if it was down to me, I would have stayed, except, you mm. know, I'll quite, I mean, and that's a very naive position, I hasten to add, because actually, you know, as was pointed out to me, you can't have people teaching contradictory things from the pulpit, can't you? 
Um, probably not, I guess. Well, apparently so, not. No, apparently <laughs> not. So, so I, I get it. So, but I suppose I do think that, and I, I'm sure you're going to talk about community in a minute, that actually the relationships are what make church church, not the services mm. and not mm. the, you know, not even always the theology. It's, it's the people. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that, really. So I taught, I did another talk on Sunday. Because, ah, yeah. of course, the other thing that is always good to schedule in the last two weeks of uh, Book Deadline is two sermons. Yes, give. brilliant. It's a yeah, masterclass you're giving us. Thank yeah, you. I think it is. Productivity and time management. That's me all over. Um, <laughs> I feel a book I coming on. <laughs> did it on... Uh, yeah. I did it on... Uh, the return. So I talked last time about the one I'd done on exile, yeah, mm -hmm. and then I did one on return. Mm. And the main point of it is, um, you if you go into exile, you never return the same person that you went. Mm. You know, you always return differently, and you never quite return to the same place. It never looks mm. the same. So it was a sort of challenge for us to say, well, what are we going to take back? What's it going to look like? Uh, and I've had a number of conversations, sort of from people who not in fact from our church but for people who've looked at the the sermon online and things like that talk online saying i know i don't want to go back there to mm. the church that i'm in mm. how can i go back i want to do something different mm. and I, and i completely get it mm. i completely understand that yeah but i do think at the end of the day it's not necessarily about that particular church or this this that and the mm. other it's about as you say community it's about where are you going to go then what are you going to do um mm. the the one thing that, that i think is is dangerous is just pure ice not dangerous but you know what i mean it's, it's destructive perhaps or yeah or just sheer pure hard isolation work. you know yeah, what's yeah. the word it's pure isolation you know yeah and i that's I, a lonely I, place yeah i don't think it works really i think you have to have as I often talk about, the muck and grace of community. You have to have that bit. Yeah. And that, you're right, you're right. That is that is the real business of church. That is and the real business. That's what it's absolutely Now, about. what happens when your church is actively oppressing a mi minority? So, in other words, the church mm. which you hope is going to be the absolute beacon of mm. social justice to a community, it's going to be a voice to the voiceless, it's going to be a champion of fairness and justice, and yet it ends up excluding people like you say it's fantastic you know isn't that the gospel that people of all demographics and socio-economic backgrounds get together and come together as a community i mean it's also mm. a recipe for complete disaster and fractious relationships and you know all the rest of it of course it is but it's wonderful if it can hold it together but when that community then also uses its theology or its preaching or just its sheer mm. human nature actually to exclude others at what point do you perhaps say enough is enough well uh, yes i mean i i think i don't think you're called to to stay in a place that you find a, a actually mm. sort of psychologically damaging to yeah. yourself yeah you know yeah but here's the great thing i think about human beings mm. is that um even when you find a group of human beings who are aligned with you theologically you'll still find that quite a number of them are utter <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Again, you're a prophet. <laughs> and that means that you're still going to have to do the hard work of, of getting alongside yeah. people who, who yeah. you know, perhaps you don't 
necessarily yeah. naturally want to. You're still going to have to do the hard sacrificial work of looking out for others yeah. and caring for others. And that, that doesn't change whether or not you're aligned with their viewpoint. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do mm. hate that bit about that church hopping bit, particularly mm. as it used to be about, you know, oh, well, the worship's not very good, so yeah, we exactly, go somewhere yeah. else or sure, this, that. Yeah. You know, that, that I have no time for. But mm. where people are in a, in a situation where they feel they cannot truly be themselves, yeah, and we all have to act with tact. Even I occasionally have tact. Yes, you know, but where they where they feel they cannot be themselves, that, I don't think you should necessarily stay in that. But you need somewhere, and wherever yeah. you are, it's going to take a lot of hard work. But post mid faith crisis, it's pretty hard to find those spaces. I will say that, which is how come we ended up starting our own space in Soul Place. But yeah, 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 it's yeah. and and really why we're doing this podcast as well. Yeah. I don't know the answer. That That is one we're still working on, how you set those up and, and where you find them. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only other thing I'd say to Kelly is maybe may worth, and knowing she did say some other stuff in the email, which I didn't read out, but, you know, always worth going, you know, the extra mile to to speak with leaders who are perhaps a bit difficult so that you know with all your heart you've done everything you can to build relationship you know so maybe it's worth going to the leader and saying look this is who I really am this is what I'm experiencing I really feel like I've got to leave but you know there's a strong part of me that doesn't want to can can we find a way of being together that Mm. you know where I bless you and you bless me you know I don't know whether it's worth having that conversation if it's too far but yeah I would always recommend it that's good advice I think yeah okay so i'm gonna finish off the email she says okay. another well uh, it was a long yeah, email I, it's it? a long it's a long email um so uh, we got about 70 others to work, work through as well so oh, okay. uh, you know we'll do them two at a time uh she says another question <laughs> for you and others uh what do you do when you don't experience the presence of god anymore throughout i've always been able to feel the presence of god whenever i play music or make time to pray in those times when i have prayed what i do is put some quiet music worship music on and then just sit and decide to sense god with my mind it turns into a physical sensation where i can sometimes recognize a scent in the room or the atmosphere of the room changes and it feels charged so to speak sometimes i'll read my bible sometimes i sit and say nothing and just stay in that awareness or sometimes i will sing or speak my thoughts in times when I've been facilitating worship at church, there's definitely a shared experience of energy raising and many of us feel free to just be ourselves in front of each other at that time. It feels like we've experienced beyond just being in each other's presence and singing, but we've been visited by an other presence. I know some might scoff at all this, but I'm being as honest as I can be. It sounds all very subjective and it definitely is, but it's been my confirmation that God is real for such a long time. Now that I'm not really experiencing any of that, I feel grief over that loss. I feel like God has given up on me or abandoned me because of my faithlessness. What do you make of all this? That's a great question. That's well, a great question. Yes, it's again, it's it's a hard place to be. And yeah, it's um, been really known hard. over the years as the dark night of the soul or... Yeah, you know, those kinds of things. Um, mm. I, what I make of it is, uh, <laughs> it happens to all of us. I would have thought, you know, mm. that it, it, what I make of it is, it, it's it's this is a really crucial time actually, mm. and it's a time of mm. uh, of great change and development and um, finding out new understandings of God. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's very hard when you're in it, and it's very hard when you go a long 
stretch of time, I think, without experiencing any sense of God. But like you, I would completely affirm that perhaps that way of connecting with the divine, that particular form, is a door that's closing. But that doesn't mean there aren't other ways. Mm. And um, and the first thing I always try, you know, when I'm working with people and, and believe me, we get this question a lot, <laughs> don't we, on the mm. uh, on, on the podcast and um, the first thing i always say is try and take the heat out of the situation so first of all just relax you know god mm. hasn't changed god hasn't turned into an angry silent type and everything god's the same as god has ever been and you are still loved as you ever have been so let's just you know kind of breathe and take it easy a bit and you know not think negative thoughts about ourselves that we must be doing something wrong or that we're bad or anything like that and then yeah, <laughs> i normally say well you know depending on who I'm talking with, let, let's go for a walk. Let's just go for a walk or mm. go for a walk or have a glass of wine or, you know, depending what's appropriate. But let's let's just breathe and, you know, become present and notice the world around us, the beauty of God everywhere. And, and it's been my experience that God shows up in unexpected places and speaks in new ways and different ways. Um, and I, I don't really want to put any more language on it than that but relax and be open to the divine because i think there will be new experiences i really do i i I really like that i think that's absolutely right um it it feels cataclysm it doesn't it It feels very bad Mm. because you've lost you've lost what you always had but you know that god hasn't got any gone anywhere Uh, i Mm. think the other thing is that what you might find is that those ways that you used to experience god do come around again and they, mm. but they come around in a fresh mm. and different way. You know, mm. for me, that's been the experience of the past ten years, is mm. learning to read the Bible again, mm. uh, and yeah. and doing it in a whole different way and experiencing God through that. Um, you know, and I, I so I I wouldn't give up on those either. But I would say that yes, don't go in with the sense of I've got to sort of this has yeah. got to happen. Just got to try know. harder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, try harder. It doesn't it doesn't really work. Yeah, but I can't put it any better than you put it really. Okay. Well, listen, uh, Peter, thank you for your email. Kelly, thank you for your email. Mm. I, you know, my heart is with you as you sort of wrestle with those difficult um, issues that you raise. But thanks for writing in. And I hope you know some of what we say helps other people. If you still have questions, please do write in to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Um, we're going to finish off now because Nick's got to go write a book. And um, oh, I've got to rewrite a book. And there'll be a series of exciting podcasts on that book when it comes out. And you'll be able to buy it in time for Christmas. Is that right? <laughs> That's about right, yeah. 2038, right. yeah. <laughs> here's, here's something I learned. Here's something I learned. Yeah. Charles Dickens, you know, the Christmas Carol. Yeah. A Christmas Carol, right? Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. He, he, got, he got the idea in October. Did started he? started writing it and it was published um, in about mid-December. Right. Well, now hang so on. Really? So really, why Andy, am I wasting Andy, my Andy, your time? editor, if you're listening, <laughs> just back off, man. Back off. <laughs> Nick's going to have this book with you by seriously Halloween. It's going to yeah, happen. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you for listening, Andy. You may be the only person. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we will indeed. Take care. Bye.